You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. I believe that God really has something for us this morning. If you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Jonah, and that's actually one bonus of having church from home is that you can't forget your Bible at home. So I wonder if you just get up off your, off your couch or out of your bed, <laughs> wherever you're sitting right now, grab your Bible. Let's open up and let's break into the Word of God here together. Amen. Reading from the King James this morning, Jonah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amity, saying, Arise, and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Verse 3 says, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid a fare, and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Notice, Scripture says that he went down, and it's always in a downward spiral when we end up going away from the presence of God. There is no up. Verse 4 says, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on that sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. And he said to them, in verse 9, the words of Jonah, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of the heaven, who made the sea and the dry land, and Then the men were exceedingly afraid, and and they said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. And verse 11 says, And they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea might quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Someone say tempestuous this morning. And he said to them, Pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know that it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. And then the last scripture I want to end with this morning, verse 15, it says, So they picked up Jonah, and they hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. And just for the next few moments here this morning, I want to preach to you on the subject, I want to challenge you even more than that, on the question, who's in your boat? I believe that every one of us as Christians, we need to take stock of the influences, of the voices, of the things that we allow to speak into our life. Because just as importantly as receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized, there's not an age limit that we can reach where living for God just becomes an absolute breeze. And if you're going to be successful in a relationship with God, and if you're going to be successful in working for Him, we need to take account, we need to take stock of the voices and the influences that we allow into our life. I wonder if you would set your Bible down. Let's just raise our hands very quickly, and let's ask God to be with us here this morning. Mighty Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is resting right now. And God, I pray that your presence and spirit, Lord God, would be upon this as your word goes forth. God, I know that you were wanting to do a work. I know, Lord Jesus, you were desiring, God, for your, your, your will and your uh, purpose to be accomplished. And I pray, God, you would stretch outside of these walls, because we know, Lord, you are not bound by location, and you would move into each and every home. Help us, mighty Jesus, God, to be hearers, Lord, and also doers of the word. And God, we give you the glory for it, God. You are so deserving this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you're standing, you can be seated this morning. Now, this was a day 
in Jonah's life where God speaks to him. Jonah was a prophet of the Lord, and, and he knew what it was like to be righteous. He knew what it was like to find the will of God, and on this particular day, God speaks to Jonah, and he tells him, I want you to go to the great city of Nineveh, and I want you to cry out against it. See, the people of that city, Jonah, they have been living in a way that is not pleasing to me. They've been living in a way that is contradictory to my teachings, and Jonah, I want you to cry out against them. I want you to move into their situation and tell them the way they're living is wrong, because if, if, if they don't turn away from what they're doing, I'm going to destroy that city. And Jonah, when he hears this word from God, he, he, he turns and he refuses to do what God has asked him to do, and so he chooses to go his own route. He makes his way down to the local marina, and he pays a a fee to get on a boat that is headed for Tarshish, which is over 4,000 kilometers away from the city of Nineveh, if you didn't know. And he, he planned to get as physically far away from the city of Nineveh as he possibly could. He planned to run as far away from where the will of God was calling him to be as he possibly could. He gets on this boat, and I, I like to picture kind of what the atmosphere is like when the Bible is speaking. And I picture skies are blue. Skies are clear as they begin to set sail. And we have to understand this morning that this wasn't the first rodeo for the men of that ship. These were sailors. They were veteran at what they had done. They knew how to understand the times. They knew how to read the weather. They, they knew when to travel and when not to travel. You know, it's not as, as simple as you and I today when we, just, we, we pick up our iPhone and we open up the weather network to check if it's going to be sunny or, or rainy or like yesterday in Fredericton, we got quite a bit of snow. It's too early for that. But these men, these sailors, they knew how to navigate based on the skies and, and how it would read. And we know the old saying that red skies in the morning, it means sailors take warning. And red skies at night, it means sailors delight. And, and these men, they understood this. And so they, they, they set sail and they allowed this stranger named Jonah to get on their boat. And scripture is, it's not very clear about how long they had set sea or how many nautical, niles, or nautical miles that they were offshore before uh, this took place. But all of a sudden, everything changed. The, the sailors, they were headed for their destination, but all of a sudden, the, the clouds begin to move in and the waves, they, they grew more and more fierce. And, and the, the sky that they were using to navigate, all of a sudden, they couldn't see the stars anymore. And, and the direction for where they were headed was lost. And, and, and the wind began to pick up. And it's starting to look at this point like the boat itself might fall apart. And I find it very interesting that almost immediately, these men understood that this wasn't a normal storm. They had been in storms before. They had seen storms come their way, but this was different. They recognized that this was the wrath of God, that this must be happening because somebody on this boat is, is not in the will of God. Somebody is displeasing God right now. There's something that's not right. There's something that's opposing us. There's, there's something that's not normal about this storm. And so they start searching the ship to find out who's in trouble with God. Why is this happening? And You know, if I could just interject here for a moment and speak to you young people and, and speak to the church as a whole and ask you the question, have you ever been there before? Have you ever been at a point where in your life you feel like things are going well? You, you don't have sin in your life. You have a repented heart. You're doing the best you can to read your Bible every day and pray and, and grow that relationship with God. And, 
and you're doing the best you can to live righteous and holy and be separate, but then all of a sudden it just seems like chaos comes at you from every direction. There's winds of opposition. You begin to feel a, emotions that you don't even feel like they belong to you, and, and you wake up and you start to think, why am I, why am I thinking these words, and, and why do I have anger in my spirit, and why do I feel so frustrated all the time? Why am I wanting to stay home from church instead of getting out to the house of God when the building's open? And you begin to look back over your life and you start to question, where did I go wrong? What, what mistake did I make that, that led me here? What have I done that I'm feeling this way? Why is this happening? Has anyone ever been there before? I'll be honest, I, I felt that way multiple times in my life. And these men, these sailors, as they begin to look around the ship, they seen the storm and they seen what was taking place. There was something that, that clicked in their minds. And they came to the realization that everything was good until we let this stranger get in the boat. You know, things were going pretty well until we let that guy named Jonah get on board. And at this point in the story, things are pretty bad. The storm is beginning to climax and, and, and the ship is starting to sink and then someone says, hey, where's Jonah? Where's that guy that we let on board? We're, we're up here fighting for our lives and, and we can't even find this guy. Where is he right now? And so they, they work together and they start to search the ship and when they finally find Jonah, they find him below deck asleep in the bottom of the boat. And while they're up there fighting for their lives above deck, Jonah's having a little siesta. He's sleeping. And so they wake him up and they make him aware of the situation and what's taking place. And as, as he begins to make his way up to the deck of that ship, and he sees how bad the storm is, he recognizes and realizes that he has no choice but to come clean about what's happening. And so he confesses to the men and he tells them, it's my fault. I'm the reason that you have this storm in your life right now. See, I'm a prophet. I'm a man of God, and, and I'm headed in a direction that God does not want me to go. And, and he begins to confess to them and tell them about what God has asked him to do, that God wants me to go to Nineveh and wants me to cry out against them, but, but I've made up my mind that I'm going to Tarshish. I'm, I'm getting as far away from Nineveh as I possibly can, and it's my fault that this storm is here right now. It's my fault that you're going through this. And then he gives them some instruction we read in our text. He says, if you want it to stop, if you want this storm to go away, then you're going to have to throw me overboard. And trust me, if you throw me over, then the drama that is happening in your life right now, it will cease. If you get rid of me, then the temptation that you're going through right now, it will stop. The problems that you're facing, they will go away because I am your storm. I am the reason that this is happening to you. Young people, church alike, we know that living for God, it can be so amazing. There's absolutely nothing like having a, a blue sky, the sun is shining, you're headed to where God has called you to be. You know that you're in the will of God. And you've been there before, you felt that, you know what I'm talking about. When you first gave your life to God, everything became so clear. Everything became so direct. God pulled you out of a pit, and he planted your feet on a firm foundation. The old song says that he pulled my feet out of the miry clay, and, and he set my feet upon a rock to stay. 
God plants us. He, he pulls us out of sin so that he can take us in. And, and when God pulled you out of your sin, when God pulled you away from your addiction and, and he brought you out of the lifestyle that you were in, he didn't just step in to set you free, but instead he replaced that and, and he gave you a destiny. He gave you purpose for your life so that you could see where you fit into his plan. And this morning, you're, you're standing there in the boat that is your life. And the sky is blue, and at night the sky is clear. And as a Christian, or as a sailor, if you will, you know how to set your navigational plan based on the heavens. You know how to look to God for direction. You know how to seek after Him for His will. But when Jonah got in your boat, you couldn't see the heavens anymore. And that's because when the wrong person steps into your boat, you can't get direction from the heavens anymore. You know, you, you, you can't get direction to where you're going anymore. You don't know which way is north, east, south, or west, because when Jonah gets in your boat, you can't find direction to pray anymore. You can't find direction to get to the house of God, and, and you can't find direction for the purpose of your life, and it's because Jonah's in your boat. It used to be so clear. When I would come to church, it seemed like every message that would preached, it was for me. It spoke to me. It seemed like every song that was sung, it was, it was sung for me. It spoke right to the situation that I was in. It helped me to, to worship past my storm. And I couldn't wait to get to the house of God because everything was so clear. But then all of a sudden, you're on your way home from church one night and you lean over to whoever's beside you and you, and you say, you know, I didn't really get a whole lot out of that service tonight. That message, what was that guy talking about? You know, the songs that they sung this morning, they, they weren't that good. They've been better. I didn't really like the selection all that much. And I thought the volume was a little bit too loud this morning. The volume could have been louder. Every time I go into that building, it's so hot in here all the time. I tell you what. I didn't do too much worshiping because all I could do was shiver. It was so stinking cold in there. Come on, we're all guilty of it this morning. We've all been there. And the reason we feel and the reason we think that way is because Jonah has gotten into our boat. And when Jonah gets into the boat, the only thing that we can see are problems. And the one thing that we will never find is direction from God. See, church, we need to understand that there is a boat that is headed towards heaven. And you and I, we're the crew. We're the sailors here this morning, and we need to have direction from God to be able to get there. But the devil recognizes that all he has to do is put somebody in our life that is going away from God, and then storms will come up against you that do not belong to you. See, I've known people throughout my life that were doing absolutely amazing for God. Such a deep desire, such a deep passion for the things of God. I talked not that long ago with some friends of ours in, in Miramichi, and we got discussing about one time in the youth group, Pastor, Pastor Carter was the pastor in Miramichi at the time, we had upwards of 40 to 45 people in our youth group. It was powerful. Our, our schedule on Sunday, we would come for Sunday morning service, and, and we would leave to get a bite to eat, we would come back and we would meet, we would travel to a daughter work in Nigawak, and, and we would have church there, we would come back to the church, and we'd have a two-hour prayer meeting before Sunday service that night. It was powerful. People were doing absolutely amazing, on fire for God, and, and desperate for the things of God. As I said, there were about 40 to 45 of us, and as we begin to 
recall and recount the names, I think maybe 15 of them today, lived for God. These people were doing absolutely amazing. They didn't have it all together. They didn't have it all figured out. They had such a deep desire for the presence of God in their life. But then all of a sudden, they're not praying. All of a sudden, they're not worshiping. And all of a sudden, they're not responding in services anymore. And you can mark it down. There's a Jonah. They've allowed Jonah to get in the boat. And Jonah is beginning to mess up their life and pull them away from the destiny that God has called them into. In the story of Samson, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him so powerfully. Samson's not like any other character in the Bible. God gives him this superhuman strength. And, and Samson was a pretty cool dude. He carried gates off, off cities to hilltops, and he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Samson was very unique. He was very tough. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him so powerfully. But then in Judges chapter 14, he finds a woman from Timnath. And he goes to meet her in the vineyards of Timnath. And the Bible says that when he goes to meet her, that there came against him a lion. And we can read it that, that, that he had to fight this lion and he ends up killing it with his bare hands. The Bible says that he tears it apart. And, and we look at that story and we think, wow. That's awesome. Like, what, a, what an anointing. What a power. What, what an awesome thing that he did. This superhuman strength. The favor of God upon his life. Samson was just unstoppable. But if we really break it down and we really begin to examine, the truth of the matter is, Samson never should have been in a place where he needed to fight that lion. See, Samson fought that lion because he was hanging out in vineyards. Samson was a Nazarite. Part of the Nazarite vow was to abstain from strong drink. He, he had to stay away from the vine. He, he, he had to not touch things that were dead. His hair had to remain uncut. This was the commission that Samson's mother received from the angel of God before Samson was ever born. And Samson was born with the sole purpose of judging Israel to, to bring them out of captivity. And there was so much promise, so much purpose and, and direction that surrounded his life. And everything was good. Until he met that woman from Timnath. And where does he meet her? He met her in the vineyards of Timnath. And so the question remains this morning. The question is, why is he hanging out in vineyards when he's not allowed to eat of the grape? You know, why, why are you hanging out in vineyards when you can't eat of the vine? And, and if I could kind of pull it into perspective in the 21st century this morning and say to you, why are you watching movies that you can't act out in your life? Why are you listening to song lyrics that you can't live out? Why are you wasting your time hanging out in vineyards this morning? Oh, how the mighty fall. You can be mighty in God, and, and how do they fall? It's, it's a little bit here, and it's a little bit there. It's like going into the bar, ordering a glass of Pepsi. Carter doesn't crucify me for this. Here, I'm going to open the Pepsi here on the platform. Oh, hear that sound? Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. The Bible talks about the dew of heaven. I'm convinced that's what it's talking about right there. The question is, 
Why are you hanging out in a bar if you can't drink alcohol? See, there's nothing wrong with partaking in a little bit of Pepsi, but young people, we got to understand that our environments and the things that we surround ourselves with are important. As a Christian, there's some places that we just don't go. Because if you're not careful, you'll come in contact with battles that you should not be fighting. You'll bring things into your life that you shouldn't have to deal with. You are opening yourself up to avenues where the enemy can hurt you. See, Jonah, he's not just a person. Jonah can be a device. The one thing I tell of our, our young people in Mary Michelle all the time, and they're probably sick of hearing it, is you need to be careful, most importantly, of the voices that you allow to speak into your life. Because who you allow into your circle matters. Come on. Who you allow on your social media and who you follow, it matters. The shows that you watch on television, they matter. Because what you are doing is you are opening yourself up to battles that you should not be fighting. You're taking on somebody else's battle. You're encountering somebody else's lion, and, and you're taking on somebody else's storm. The Bible says that in the last days, there, there's going to be a great falling away. But young people, you don't have to fall away this morning, because I've got direction for you from God. The Bible says that in order not to fall away, you need to come out from among them. You need to be separate and touch not the unclean thing. So you don't need Jonah to be in your boat. You, you don't need something that's going away from God to be in your boat and to cause problems for you. Because there is nothing and there is no one that is worth going to hell over. Come on, I'll say that again. There is nothing and there is no one thing that is worth giving up heaven for. Every single person under the sound of my voice, no matter your age, you need to understand that you have a circle. Everyone say, I have a circle. Put your hands up in front of you right now and say, I have a circle. And your circle is made up of people that you have allowed into your life. It's made up of things that you have surrounded yourself with. And we've, we, we, really, we really have to stop and take stock of what those things are. Not just on an annual basis, not just from time to time. But we need to be careful and we need to be watching always of, of what's coming in. Is it healthy or is it harmful for my well-being because... I've already said it. I've seen amazing people become broken people simply based off the circle that they surround themselves with. And I've seen, I've, I, I, if you've been around any, any period of time, you've seen it too. You might actually have someone in the back of your mind right now that you're thinking of. They were in the church. And they were out of the church. And they were in the church. And then they were out of the church. And they could never really make that full commitment to God. All they did was jump back and forth. And, and you can almost always link it to the influences that were speaking into their life. The circle that they surrounded themselves with. The voices that they allowed to speak to them through social media. The friends that they hang out differently with. Come on, we know those friends at school. You don't hang out the same way in the youth group that you hang out with those friends. You find yourself doing things with them that you, that you wouldn't do in front of your youth pastor. If Pastor Carter found out about it, you would just die on the inside. Come on. We as the sailors, we have a business that needs to be upheld in the kingdom of God. And if we're not careful, young people, we could lose everything. You could lose everything. Years of prayer. Years of servanthood, 
years of laboring and, and years of investing in the kingdom of God, all because you allowed one stranger to get into your boat. You had one unguarded moment. And it stepped into your spirit. It grabbed a hold of your life. And you've never been able to shake it. Samson, when he's done with his first wife, he goes and he finds himself another in Delilah. But what Samson didn't know is that Delilah was hired by the enemy to betray him. And they told Delilah that we're going to pay you 1,100 pieces of silver and we want you to destroy this man. And if you don't, we're going to kill you. See, Delilah, she had motivation. And as things begin to progress, as, as, as Samson laid his head down on the lap of a killer, he began to become comfortable with her. And, and it blows my mind what happens next. I just want to take something, hit Samson over the head and say, wake up! He's laying there and he's got the, the seven locks in his hair and Delilah, she's sitting there stroking his hair and she says to him, I really want you to listen to this right now. She says to him, tell me where I might afflict thee. Tell me where I might afflict thee. And I want to speak to a young person. I want to speak to a saint of God right now. If someone speaks into your life and says, tell me how I can hurt you. Common sense says to turn around and run the other way. Get out of there. Don't be a part of that. But, but you don't understand. Delilah's too good looking to run away from. The Bible says that she pleases me. That's what Samson went and told his parents. She pleases me. I, I have to have her. Listen, just because Jonah pleases you does not mean that he needs to be in your ship. It does not mean that he's going to mess you up. Just because the movie that you were watching was funny, just because it left you emotional, it does not mean that it was right for you to partake in. You know, there can be a seed that is planted into our soul, and, and that creates a thought process that you can't get rid of. You're wondering why you have all these perverted thoughts flowing through your mind, and, and you're wondering why there's bitterness and there's anger in your heart. It's because Jonah's gotten into your boat. And I've come to tell you this morning that it is time for us as Christians to get Jonah off of our boat, to make up our minds that I am not going to fall off my destinational course. I'm going to make it through this storm. I'm going to get past where I'm going. Though the waters rage, though the storm may come, I am pressing on. I'm going to reach where God wants me to be, and I'm going to step into my purpose. In the middle of the storm, Jonah comes up to these men, and he confesses to them. He makes it clear, I'm your problem. I'm the one that's going away from God. If you get rid of me, everything will stop. I think we can all admit that's pretty clear instruction. But we got to understand that even though these sailors were fearing for their lives, they were still human. And human nature says... That it's not right to take some guy who is paid to be on our ship and to throw him out into the middle of the sea. So what do we do with Jonah? Jonah already told them, if you throw me over, then the thoughts you're having will stop. If you get rid of me, then the prayerlessness in your life will quit. The lack of desire for the house of God will go away. And all that sin, all that sin you've been dealing with, it'll go away because that's something that I've brought to you. If you get rid of me, You'll get your boat back. You'll get your navigation back. You'll find direction again. You'll be able to hear the, hear the voice of God again in your life. 
Sister Robertson, you can go ahead and start that music. I'm coming to a close here this morning. Young people, sometimes it's not that we have a sin problem. Sometimes it's we have a Jonah problem. Sometimes it's just as simple as letting somebody that is not beneficial to your life into your boat. You let a stranger into your world. You befriended them. At the time, you thought it was a good thing. All seemed like it was okay, and you felt good about it. But ever since you let this stranger into your boat, whether it be a physical being or whether it be some other form of media or something else, all you've encountered and all you've had is problems. And I really believe that God is bringing some things to the surface of your mind right now. And as I'm speaking, God is beginning to convict your hearts. So the question is, what do I do with Jonah? Jonah says to get rid of me, but, but you're saying not yet. And you can read it. This is exactly what happens in Scripture as the sailors begin to work. They begin to devise a plan that did not include getting rid of Jonah. Didn't include throwing him overboard. And so they begin to cast out the wares. Someone say wares. They had to lighten the boat. They had to get rid of some things. And so they begin to cast out the wares. What the wares were was what somebody else had paid them to get to a specific destination, whether it be cargo or, or something precious. These sailors had, had made an agreement. They signed a contract. Somebody had paid them to make sure that these wares, what was valuable, was delivered to its proper destination. But they kept Jonah in the boat. And when they kept Jonah on the boat, they had to start letting, things, letting go of some things that they were committed to. They had to start getting rid of the wares. They had to start lightening the load of that boat. You know, I guess to keep Jonah around, I can, I can lighten up on my standards a little bit. Is it really all that important anyway? You know, to keep Jonah around, I, I guess I could give up my purity. You know, I made a covenant with God. I made a commitment. It's not something I want to do, but it's the only way that I can keep him around. It's the only way I can stay attached to him. You don't understand. If I don't, if I don't do what they want to do, if I don't watch where they want to watch, if I don't go where they want to go, I, I might lose them. And if I lose them, they might die. That would be my fault. I have to keep them on board because it doesn't seem humane to disconnect from them. You know, sometimes, young people, that might be our way of thinking. You've got a Jonah, maybe a person in your life that you know needs God. And as I'm preaching here this morning, you're thinking, Brother Neil, if I disconnect from them, they'll backslide. If I sever that relationship, they'll, they'll leave the church. Brother Neil, you don't understand. If I, if I disconnect from them, they may never truly know God that's you this morning I want you to listen to the words that I've been speaking but I also want you to listen to the statements that you're making to yourself because if the only reason that somebody is attending church is because of you you have to pull them to church I can speak it and know they're going to be just as quick to pull you out 
I know it doesn't sound humane, but they're a Jonah. They know that they're going away from God. And beyond that, you know. You knew it when you first turned it on. You knew it when you first looked up that, that website. You knew it when you looked twice. Come on, church, you knew. You knew it was wrong. And so what do I do? That's, that, that's the question. And I know it doesn't sound humane, but you've got to follow the instruction of Jonah, and you've got to throw him overboard. And the reason that you can do that is because you're not their savior anyhow. If I don't bring them to church, then nobody will bring them to church. You can bring them to church, but you can't fill them with the Holy Ghost. You can't see their life saved. Pastor Carter can't even do that. That's for God and God alone to take care of. You're not their savior anyhow. You cannot save them. That's the reality of it. But let me tell you what God will do. If you listen to the word this morning, if you throw Jonah over, then there's a God in heaven that's got a fish prepared. And he can swallow Jonah up, take him down to the belly of hell for three days, let him experience some turmoil and some trial, and then he can spit him out and his life will be completely turned around. His view will be changed. But you need to understand that you cannot turn it around. Your relationship with God, your life, needs to be your number one priority. You're going to lose your ship. You're going to sink your boat if you allow Jonah to stay aboard. You've got to put them in the hands of God. Trust that he knows. Trust that he does all things well. Young people, I've been at this for a little while now. I just turned 28 a couple weeks ago. And although I've failed God, and I've messed up so many times in my life, God has never once turned his back on me. God has never once failed me. And I am so undeserving to be where I'm at now. I'm so undeserving to have the blessings that I have in my life. But I serve a God who knows best. I serve a God who cares about me, that doesn't base my life on past mistakes. And even though I had a Joan in my boat a time or two, when I gave that over to God and allowed Him to work it out, God was always faithful. God was always just. And this morning, we need to make a conscious decision. It's not just a, oh yeah, if it works out, maybe it'll happen. But we need to consciously, physically make some decisions in order to see this happen. There's some movies in your house that you need to get rid of. Whether it be in the garbage, whether you want to set them on fire, I think fire is a little bit more fun myself. But there's some garbage in our lives that we need to get rid of. There's some music on your iPhone that you need to go and delete. Some radio stations and some other things that we, we, we just shouldn't be involved with. Because I already said you are opening yourself up to battles that you do not need to fight. God never intended that for you. God didn't want that for you. And I promise you, when you get Jonah off your boat and you show Jesus you're really serious about living for him, about finding his will for your life, about stepping into the destiny and the purpose that he has for you, you will get your prayer life back. You'll get your joy back. You'll get your love for God back. We could stand in our homes right now I'm coming to a close. I just want us, for the next few moments, to create an altar in your home.
whether that's your physical bed, whether it's down on your couch, wherever you are, I wonder if we could just begin to worship God, begin to magnify Him. Because even though there might be a little bit of conviction that we feel right now, even though we know there's some things that aren't right, God is wanting to do a work and God is wanting to transform you here this morning. You don't have to be in the physical building. We've heard stories of in Miramichi of people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost just watching online. People turning back to God that hadn't been in the church for years because of the anointed music and the word that went forth. Young people, God is omnipresent. God is not restricted to the four walls of Mission Point. God is with you right there in your home. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.